0: Could there possibly be such a thing as a wrong conversation, a conversation that we probably shouldn't be involved in? Well, as tempting as it may be and as vital as it may seem, um, should we be interjecting ourselves into every conversation that might come along? So that's what I kind of want to muse about um, today. Answer to the question, um, should we place ourselves into every conversation that comes about? The quick answer uh, I would say is no. Um, and I, I think, and I would even say that scripturally, we're kind of told not to interject ourselves into every conversation. And I really believe it's for good reason. Um, but firstly, you know what do I even mean by that? You know what what is what's even the thought process of you know there been a wrong conversation or being you know interjecting ourselves into whatever people may be talking about. Um, so I happened to overhear a conversation. That's what gave me the thought process, and pretty much it was just Christians speaking or one Christian speaking to uh, a non-Christian. And really, to me, the 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 context was so worldly that it really made me think, OK, what's the And, and the, the context was worldly, but there was a lot of excitement, you know, with the conversation. And that's really what led me to think as Christians, ought we as the saints, as the church, should we involve ourselves in just random conversations. So that's really what what got me thinking. Hearing conversations where those of us who represent Christ are allowing ourselves or you know willingly putting ourselves into situations where we're having conversations, serious conversations about stuff that just really doesn't matter or doesn't matter compared to what we're told our conversation should be about. So that's really what had me thinking um, and wanting to do this. Is there such a thing as a wrong conversation? Are there conversations that we should just stay away from? And again, I think the answer is yes, there are conversations that we should stay away from. And no, we should not force ourselves into every conversation just because we have the ability to to talk. Uh, So that's kind of what the you know, my thought process and not even just random things, but even whatever is the important conversation of society at the minute, because that's really when it gets tempting, whatever's going on at this or that moment in time. OK, I got to have something to say about it. So that that's really the thing. It's not even just useless stuff that's obviously useless, but even with conversations that seem like they're worthwhile, you um, where do we stand on those? You know, should we just throw ourselves even into those type of things? You know, whatever's important at you know at at that at that point in time. So now here's the first reason why um, I believe the answer is no, looking at it from a, a scriptural perspective. So the first one is in Ephesians um, chapter twelve, and this one. Uh, actually even going up to verse 11, but I really want you to look at verse 12 in Ephesians five, because it says for it's a shame, it's shameful, uh, even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. So of course you need 11 to know who the them is, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And then he goes on, it's shameful to even speak of those things, which they do in secret. So there's a few things I want to really point out about this verse or these verses, the first one is defining that word shameful, or when it says it's a shame to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. So this this term shame, this word shame uh, simply means base or beneath. So in other words, um, it's it's beneath us. To speak about the things they do in secret okay those who practice darkness the unfruitful works of darkness it says it's a shame it's beneath us it's below us to even speak about those things that they do those things that they do in the dark now of course this just doesn't refer to things that are done when the lights are off or when the sun is down this refers to wickedness okay so those are the unfruitful works of darkness are those things that are hidden those things that are wicked as we see in verse 13 all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light so this is whatever is hiding from the light whatever is hiding from that revelation that what's being done is wrong okay so this is not just the things that are dark you know as far as okay i do this at night no this is about wickedness and it says it's shameful to even speak of those things it's below us now hold on to that thought process because we need to ask the question why is it beneath me is it beneath me because I'm better than other people is that the reason why I'm talking about what they do what what wicked uh, ungodly sinful people do is it because I'm better than them is that why it's beneath me Well, it's it's more to it than that. And so just keep that thought process. We'll come back to it, Um, because obviously and again, not to hold you in suspense. The answer is no, it's not that I'm better than them. But there is a a deeper thought, you know, about that. But then another before we get too far away, um, this term speak for it's shameful even to speak of those things. This word speak is conversation. So, I mean, as you could imagine. So it's talking about. Not just mentioning the things that they do. okay? but this is actually having a conversation about the unfruitful works of darkness. Unfruitful is very key. Useless. um, Having no fruit extending into eternity. And remember, this comes right after, you know, have no fellowship with. So we're saying have no fellowship, of course, with these useless works of wickedness Um, and also. Or let me say, but also do not even speak about them. Now, that's a huge part, okay? because, you know, many people might say or agree with, yeah, don't practice the unfruitful works of darkness. And honestly, to figure out what goes into that category uh, with, you know, that's a that's a whole nother another musing there to consider okay what are the unfruitful works of darkness but basically if we know what the things are that God would have us to do then we know the unfruitful works of darkness those things of wickedness that um, are sinful that have no purpose that are just random doing things we know that those go into that category of the unfruitful works of darkness but for now we're talking about not even speaking about those things but I mean, we need we we have to ask another question because it's one thing to say, don't do it. And we can we can say, okay, well, Scripture says don't do it. And that's fine. But we actually do have reason. honestly, most of the things we're told to do through Scripture, there is good reason for. It's not just because, you know, God's having fun with us. So he, you know, wants us to do and not do some things, just whatever random thing. No, there's usually a purpose for it. So here's one reason why we don't um, want to consume ourselves or even have conversations about these things. When you look at Second Timothy, Chapter two, we're given a thought process that is, I mean, a very important thought process as far as who we are and what we are to be doing in this life. Verse four, Second Timothy, Chapter two says no one who's engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life um, so that he can please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, this is a huge deal because we recognize that Christ is the one. Verse three, um, you must therefore endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It's Christ who has enlisted us as soldiers in doing so. He expects us to do whatever he commissioned us to do so when I involve myself in these unfruitful works of darkness whether it's through fellowship or conversation I'm going to become entangled and I mean that's probably one of the biggest reasons why we shouldn't involve ourselves in these conversations because even if it started off as just a small interest the more I um have conversations about it the deeper i'm going to become in my involvement um, to that thing so i need to as a good soldier if i'm to be a good soldier for christ i need to protect myself from worldly entanglement and i mean honestly that's that's a a huge reason right there why should i protect myself even in conversation even when i'm speaking not just listening to someone Um, But even when I'm speaking, why should I protect myself so I don't become entangled? Um, So I don't find myself, um, you know, having conversations or getting deeper into something because of a conversation that I had and probably shouldn't have had. So, I mean, it's just very simple. In order to have a real conversation about something, you have to know about that thing unless it's. You know, you're asking questions, trying to learn about something in order to have a conversation. You got to know about that thing. And in order to know about something, um, especially if I'm I'm going to have a deep conversation. To some extent, I've got to become entangled in it For, for the conversation to even be interesting to me. I have to be somewhat entangled in it. Now, consider what we're talking about. These unfruitful works of darkness. Now, we'll look at more than that, because it's not just blatantly dark stuff or wicked stuff that we're talking about. We're talking about any conversation that isn't of any use, because something is, is honestly very evident. The less I know about a thing, then the shorter the conversation is going to be. I mean, the less I can talk about it and anything can go into that category. I mean, when you consider from sports to movies, whatever it might be. If I don't care about that thing, then it's going to be a very small conversation. If I don't know about it or don't care about it, it's not much I can say about it. But there's a, a, another thought, you know, when we look at, OK, is it just about protecting me from being too interested in worldly things and things that that don't, you know, edify that that will not help build me up? But it's also about others. If, if we consider that. um. Engaging in every whatever conversation, you know, with no filter, every conversation, um, especially with 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 fire, you know, with fervor, with zeal, with excitement. Then I, as a light, um, as an ambassador, um, I'm now allowing people to believe that there is something worth speaking about with the same value or the same importance as the things of God. Now that that's one to just consider for a second Um, and and it is true I mean that's the thing if if here I am and I'm excited about God and I'm telling you this is true I know a lot of people are telling you about God but this is true you know this is what it is I want to convince you I want you to know this you need this for life Um, and but then the subject changes to that other thing and you're just as excited. Okay, now we're talking about that reality show when that happened, or did you see when this happened, or you know, guess what's just happened over here in this part of the country, or whatever's going on. And now your excitement matches the excitement you had when you were saying, "Oh, I got to tell you what God said." I mean, it's it's going to um, at least lessen the impact you have as an ambassador, as a light, because. This light is supposed to shine through the darkness, not become mingled in with it. A light and dark don't mix. So with that, how can if I'm a light, how can I mix myself in to useless conversation? How can I mix myself in to worldly conversation if I am a light and I say I come representing the light? I'm an ambassador of the light. And yet, as soon as something else comes because I've been entangled, I throw myself right into that thing. What does that do for the people who I'm the light for? And you got to consider if you be in Christ, you're somebody's light and you just may be the only light somebody may ever see. So now consider you're the light. You represent Christ in this person. Okay, you're an ambassador. Christ gave you this mission. If it's one person or a million people, you represent him to that or those individuals. And now here you come, something has excited them or whatever it is. And they're asking, what do you think? And instead of saying, I think Christ, you say, oh, well, I think this should have happened. Oh, I think they should have done that or whatever it might be. See, so it's not just us. We have to look at others and say, as a light, as a representative of Christ, this, this, this is how it ought to be. So it's a dangerous thing because I don't want I should never want people to think that there is something in this world that's perishing that is as valuable as the things of God. But when I allow myself to be a part of any and every conversation, even inadvertently, I do that. I say that there is something that attracts my attention or is as important to me as these things of God. So here I am, and I'm, I'm saying I'm a representative of Christ. OK, I represent Christ. Um, but if I spend my time um, speaking about things that have nothing to do with him, how true can my conviction be? So I'm, I'm a representative of Christ, but everything I talk about, everything I'm excited about on my my, you know, my uh, social media stuff, everything I'm excited about has nothing to do with Christ. Every once in a while, I get moved emotionally and post a little message about God or something like that. But everything that I'm really about has nothing to do with Christ. I mean, you look at what Jesus said in Matthew 12. Um, He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you like to talk about shows what you really care about. It's that simple. And those are Jesus's words. That's Matthew 12, 34. He says, out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So what your heart is full of, that's what you talk about. I mean, it's a huge test to see what you really care about. What do you talk about? And, and Jesus gave this test. He said, you want to know what you really love, what you really care about? Listen to yourself when you talk. Listen, uh, consider what made you excitable. The last conversation you had, what was it that angered you? Was it somebody saying Um, something about not living a life that pleases God. The last time you got upset in the conversation, was it because you heard a Christian saying, man, we don't need to live for God. We're saved so we can do whatever we want. Is that the last, you know, excitable conversation you had when you were trying to prove to them that that's not true? That we owe him our lives. Is that the last one? Or was it something that has nothing to do with God at all? Is it something that's just a part of this world that's fading away? Just consider that. Here I am representing Christ. And yet the abundance of my mouth is just stuff, stuff that won't last, um, stuff that doesn't honor him, doesn't build you up, doesn't build me up. That's my conversation. So, I mean, it's pretty simple when I speak things of a worldly nature, I'm showing a love of the world. And as we know, and and again, this is not, you know, every single thing I say, but it's about that abundance. It's about that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when my love, conversationally speaking, is always geared around um, world stuff, it shows that my concerns and my loves are more on the world than the kingdom of God, where my focus ought to be. So, but this takes us back to the thought. I didn't forget. This takes us back to the thought. How is it beneath us, though? If it's not that, okay. so I'm clearly better than you. Right. You know, that's not what we going around saying. We go around saying, yeah, we don't speak about those things because they're beneath us. You're, you know, an animal and we're better than you. That's not the thought process. This is the thought process, though. Simply put, we have been given a mission by God through Christ. So our conversation ought to evidence this. That's the beneath us part. That's why certain conversations ought to be beneath me, because it is God who has given me what I'm supposed to talk about. I mean, just think about it. If you're an actor or whatever you are and you've been given a script, but you think you can do better, so you start to change it up. Well, imagine doing that with the script God gave us. I mean, come on. Right. Imagine imagine taking the script God gave. us. Okay, this is what you say in the world. This is who you are in the world and you take it. Look over it. Pretty good. You know, not not bad, not a bad script, but I got a few changes I got to make. That's what I mean. Can we say that to God? Do we have the authority or the wisdom to say, yeah, I get it. I see your script. You did a pretty good job, but I definitely can make it better. I mean, who would be fool enough to say yes to that? I don't think anybody would. If they consider God as God, so our conversation ought to show people that we represent Christ in the world. We are ambassadors in the world of Christ. That's my conversation. That's why I don't talk about certain things, not because I'm better than you, but because it's useless, because it's wicked, because it doesn't please God. It doesn't help you. It's just a conversation I don't need to have. OK, so I'm not better. I simply have something more important to discuss with you. That's all it is. That's the conversation. It's not that. Yes. Yeah, so we can come off as uh, you people speak about such dumb things. No, not that at all. I just have something more important to speak about. So as you're arguing about, you know, who the best this is, who the best that is, who's going to beat who this time and all that stuff, as you're having those conversations, that's fine. I'm just saying I've got something more important to talk about. I've been given something to talk about that's pretty important and that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to allow myself to get agitated by these things of the world that are perishing or that even evidently don't matter right this moment that I know don't matter. Okay, so the simple thought process is that it's beneath me because the temporary stuff that they're talking about has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. I have no thought about it. I have no comment on it. I have no opinion about it. It does not matter. I mean, that's the question. Do we need to have an opinion about everything? Just just stop and consider that because that's what social media has done for us. We now have the ability to spit out opinions just about anything and everything. But is that who I am in the world? That's what you need to ask yourself as a saint, as a representative of Christ in the world. And if you be saved, you have been given that mission. You didn't have to ask for it. You were given it. Right. It's no longer I who live, but Christ, okay, who lives in me, is using me to continue the mission that he began in this world. That's the reality of it. So these temporary things, the temporary things that have been spoken of, am I? Okay, yes, I have an opinion on that and that and that and that. Why? Who do you really represent? Unless those opinions you want to give do Are about Christ unless they say, oh, based on, you know, what I know God will want, I can say this. But when they're just your opinions, well, what's the point of that? What's the point of speaking? A proverb, right? Even a fool is considered wise when he doesn't open his mouth. but see it's not only that though there's another thing also in Matthew 12 that's interesting when Jesus spoke about how every idle word we spoke we'd have to give an account for talk about accountability um, I would say that that should make me think twice about my conversations um, if every idle word I allowed to come out of my mouth um, I would have to explain you know if, if every idle word I allowed to come out of my mouth um, I really believed I would have to answer for that thing. Why did you choose to talk about this? Now, what way that will work and what what that means for the saints? Um, I don't know. I don't know the depth of that thought process, but it is there. And it is a thought process that Christ um, gave to us. You know that every idle word men speak idle, useless, empty, Every idle word men speak, they're going to have to give an account for what are you talking about? So here you go, Saint. You've been given a script. God has given you what to speak about. Everything we speak about can relate to him in some way or another. And yet we're going off script to talk about this idle thing. How do we stand? Well, I mean, what do you what do you say before God as far as that is concerned? So that's all it, it, it's beneath me simply because I know what the truth of life is and it won't be found in that conversation. That's all it is. That conversation that that is beneath me has nothing to do with the truth of God. That's why you will not find me in that conversation. That's what makes it beneath us. Now, of course, that creates another another question, because you have to ask, well, what conversations fall into this category? What conversations fall into the category of useless or unfruitful? Because not all conversations that are unfruitful are necessary, necessarily darkness. You know, some are just useless. Some are just, you know. Don't pertain to God necessarily, so they have no uh, spiritual fruitfulness. But maybe it's a, 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 you know, maybe it's a conversation I had to have for some reason or another. Um, but there's there's a simple way to know, though, if what conversation is in this category and what isn't um, the. This first one is a very simple test, um, Ephesians chapter four. And uh, again, uh, popular scriptures and a scripture being popular really doesn't mean much if it's not being used. I mean, what's, what's the point of knowing the scriptures and not using them? It's not what they were written for for the sake of memory verses. They were written for information so that we can know and do. I'm not being hearers of the word only, but doers. Um, so you look at Ephesians chapter four and verse 29, and it says, let no corrupt um, communication come out of your mouth, but what is good for edification That it may impart grace to the hearers now this is a big one because it gives us a blueprint what conversations um are good what conversations may fall into the category of wrong conversations or conversations i don't need to have simple test does it edify I mean, it, it, this this is this is a, a great test, because the sad thing is a lot of people limit these conversations to church gatherings or Christian gatherings. So in church, it's supposed to edify. And when you get together for a, a, a youth group or, or a women's group or, you know, whatever group, a men's, you know, jam, whatever it is you want to do, um, then the conversation should, should, should edify. Well, I just don't see that stuff in this scripture. Um, I don't see it say as far as church goes, then, you know, the conversation should edify. You know, it, when when the guy's preaching, it should impart grace to the hearers. I don't see that. This says let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now, this is not speaking about, you know, the tingly cuss words. It's not what it's talking about. This is a type of conversation. So let no corrupt communication Um. no useless, empty, defiled or dark conversation proceed. Don't let that come out of your mouth. It's not. Yes. Be as vain and useless as you want. Idle as you want. Just don't say the bleep words. I mean, that's dumb. That makes no sense at all. That's childish almost. So don't say the bleep words and you're good to go. That's not Bible. I mean, that's, you know, that, that that's the the useless types of you know sunday school you know you might have been raised in don't say the bleep words everything else is fair game that makes no sense we're to speak words that are good for edification that's what it says that's that's what we're trying to do when i talk do my words edify How do I know if my conversation, if this conversation, okay, I've been talking to this guy for 35 minutes. okay, I've been talking to this person for 35 minutes. How do I know? And this is a willful conversation. How do I know if the conversation has been useful or if it's just an idle word? Does it edify? I mean, it's honestly that simple. Does it edify? Does it build up? Does it build them up? Does it build me up? Does it help? Does this conversation help in any way? If it does not, if I cannot say yes to that, then guess what? It just may be an idle conversation, something that I do not need to be a part of. Now, as I'm saying this, I think of, you know, another thing. What about some worldly conversations that may be necessary? Um, You know, what about a job? What if I'm at work, you know, and I'm having a job related conversation or um, whatever it might be, just something of the world, our insurance conversation, whatever it might be. Well, you wouldn't necessarily consider that idle, um, considering that, okay, this might be useful for this or that. Um, So these useful conversations in life just to do stuff um, are not really what I'm talking about here, because they're not necessarily idle because they're working towards something based on my station in life, whatever it might be. Um, So it can be edifying from a worldly point of view. Um, this is more conversations of, of leisure, you know, converse that I'm just having or of life, important conversations. Um, so that, that's more what we're talking about. Um, you know, not, so yeah, not, not those things that, like I said, I'm, you know, somebody calls about, you know, my car broke down, the mechanic calls, Oh no, what do I say? I don't know. I'm, I'm supposed to edify. So I can't say anything, but Jesus things, even though he's just trying to tell me how much it's going to cost to fix my car. All I can say is, you know, Man, do you know about Christ? You know that no, that's we. There are just some conversations that we need to have as far as this life goes. Not talking about those. This is about the conversations I choose to have, the things that excite me, um, the things that I put myself into, um, and you know have a stand on, have an opinion about. Conversations I just don't need to be in. Um, what is the test? Do my words edify, or am I just beating the air up? You know, am I just bumping gums? Am I just talking, you know, just because I have the ability to do so? Or do my words actually edify? That's, I mean, a huge test um, in knowing whether or or not, you know, this is a conversation I need to be a part of. Edifying is is simply to build up. Okay. And and in this, we're talking spiritually building up, building one another up in the things of God Um, so that we can grow to the full stature of his intended purpose for us so as i'm speaking as you speak just because does this conversation glorify god does it edify me or the person i'm talking to is it even necessary to say what i'm saying is this even a necessary conversation i think it's so interesting because a lot of people Look at the things that go on in society and really feel like, oh, the, this is a conversation God will find useful because of what's going on in the world. Well, do you really think nothing was going on in the world in Jesus's day? Do you really think the world was perfect and everybody was equal and all this other wonderful stuff And No, it wasn't. What about the apostles? No, um, that is not the reality of it. The reality of Christ was that there was something more important that needed to be said. Something that had to do with eternity and forgiveness and life and reconciliation. That's the truth of it. So if Christ could live in his word, if the apostles could live in their world, which, by the way, is the same world we live in, if they could live there and ignore those things for the sake of God, are we not supposed to? I mean, you really think Christ couldn't have been some kind of awesome political whatever? I wonder why he chose to speak about what he chose to speak about, because he knew the eternal significance of the things he spoke about. That's the reality of it. And see, if if the mind of Christ is also in us, then this should be the nature of the saints conversation. What did Christ talk about? His world was just like my world. What did he talk about? He said, I'm only saying what the father says. And he says the spirit does the same thing. So if the spirit says it and we speak as the spirit is in us, shouldn't I also be able to say with Christ, with the spirit, look, I'm only saying what Christ wants me to say. Whatever else, as important, as vital as it seems to be, sure, if I feel the need to talk about it, but the main thing, the most exciting thing, the, the depth, the every conversation I have, it has to come back to. This is the truth of God. This is the reality of eternity. So I mean, this this really was the thought that had me just really thinking, you know. Um, and and I I want to give an an example, um, because I mean, what better example as far as conversation goes um, than Christ? So I mean, there's an interesting scripture as far as okay, what to speak about, what not to speak about, considering who um christ is and i mean luke chapter 12 you consider who christ is and this statement he makes to me is so awesome it goes right to this thought process of what are we talking about you know and so using christ as an example luke chapter 12 and verse 13 uh really verse 14 but but verse 13 is great where it starts um just just look at this so luke 12 13 says then one from the crowd said to him so jesus is teaching right he's talking about god now just consider what we're talking about conversation he's talking about god okay as that's what he came for so he's talking about god he's saying all these unbelievably revolutionary truthful things people who thought they knew god are like well we've never heard this stuff so there's one guy in the crowd he's listening he says hey teacher Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. First off, you say, what's wrong with this guy? I mean, you consider what Jesus is talking about. And this guy is like, hey, teacher, you know, tell my brother to divide the inheritance. You know, he respects you. He told me about you or whatever it is. Uh, Can you please have him divide the inheritance with me? I love how Jesus redirects the conversation to get back to what's important. And here's my thing. Christ had every I mean, being. God, being able to discern everything that's going on, he absolutely could have dealt with the guy's issue. He could have gone to the brother. He could have said, I mean, he absolutely could have handled this situation. And the sad thing is, you think about those who supposedly represent Christ today, and I mean, they would love it you know, they'd love to be a part of something like this. Oh, absolutely. Let me, let me talk to him. Let me, let me, you know, deal with it. Look at Christ's reaction. And I mean, just got to love this. And him as an, as an example is almost like, how do you not find conviction in what he says? So Jesus says to the guy, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? I mean, that's just awesome. So to the thought process. And he goes on to say, um, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. I mean, talk about a, a showstopper. Verses thirteen to fifteen are just like, whoa, what in the world are people talking about today? So, first off, Jesus says to this guy, What are you talking about? Who made me your judge? I'm not here for that. And it's funny because God made Jesus judge. <laughs> so that's the amazing thing, is that God made Jesus the world the judge of the world, of the universe, of all of creation, and yet he says to this guy, I'm not your judge. As far as this little useless stuff goes, talk about the perfect redirection. Talk about Christ here and how he gives an example of how to put the conversation back where it needs to be right away. He didn't even say, okay, I'll talk to him later. But anyway, no, he didn't do any of that stuff. He said, hey, guy, um, what are you asking me about this silly stuff for? He said, "Okay, let me use this to get back on what we're talking about. Beware of covetousness, covetousness, because your life has nothing to do with how much you have. Man, how awesome is that? You talk about a powerful phrase, a powerful one liner or however many lines that might have been. That's it right there. I mean, he addresses so many things right there. Useless conversation, not allowing yourself to be being taken, be taken away from what's important. And then on top of that, oh, yeah. And by the way, your life has nothing to do with how much you possess. God does not care about how much you possess. Man, I go so far with that thought process, but it's, a, it's a, that's a different musing. It's a that's a lot there. Him saying that one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. And that's whether the abundance is worth a lot or a little so he said watch out for covetousness so he used that to get right back on the message so he took the guy's foolish question and says first off don't ask me that silly stuff and then he says anyway but don't worry about covetousness or what you have because none of it matters i mean that's just awesome that that that's just an absolutely awesome response by christ to show what matters but also to show how he didn't this could have been a conversation where he jumped right into it like we do and said oh I've been waiting for somebody to ask me for advice this is what I say to you don't we do it all the time now just allow yourself to be convicted don't lie to yourself if you didn't know the punchline and somebody came to you and said you know teacher you know tell my brother to divide the inherit i mean if somebody came to you like that you can already think about the many things you would have told them. you'd have talked about lawyers and you know all the other stuff you'd have talked about but now that you see what jesus said you know you kind of have a thought process well maybe i would have said that but no you wouldn't have what we do is oh i love i would love to give you an opinion absolutely ask me anything i'll tell you exactly what i think about it And yet I'm supposed to represent Christ. Christ gives this example right here. I had to share that. Um, I had to share that that when that happened, because it's just a great uh, show of how Christ was able to put focus right back on what it was supposed to be on and gives us an example of how we ought to do the same thing. So honestly, Um, I mean, that's the musing. And I feel like this was a pretty simple musing. Um, We're not here in this world to give our opinions on everything that happens everywhere in the world. That's not what we're here for. Um, We're here as representatives for Christ, uh, ambassadors for God's kingdom. We represent another kingdom. We need to speak that way. Our king says to talk about this, to, to focus on this, to tell people about this, to be this. And that's where our conversation needs to be. That's where our minds need to be on the things that represent our kingdom the kingdom of god that's it that's the musing consider your conversation and consider that when you speak you represent christ so your conversation ought to show always that you represent christ in this world that's the reality of it and let's let our conversations follow